I am Patrick Yeos, National President of Fraternal Order Police. This is The Blue View. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us uh, with us today, uh, coming all the way across the ocean, uh, coming here to, from Australia uh, to talk to us about some programs that exist in, in Australia and how a partnership that we're creating. We have Rob Valor and we also have Rob McCulley. Before we get started, I, I really want to talk about this this success that exists in Australia and New Zealand with, uh, with service dogs. But before we do, uh, how about telling our listeners and our viewers a little bit about each one of you? Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Uh, Rob Vella here. I am... Um uh, I was a police officer for 23 years uh, in the New South Wales Police. Uh, I, I, at one stage, I was the youngest police officer in the state, uh, joining at 18 years and six months, graduating when I was 19, uh, and uh, stayed in the police for 23 years. Uh, had a lot of frontline experience and um, uh, spent some time in police legal services uh, before leaving um, um, in 2012 uh, uh, as... Um, after attaining the rank of Chief, uh, Chief Inspector and um, moved uh, to our Consumer Affairs Agency to become one of the Assistant Commissioners at New South Wales Fair Trading. Uh, after that, had a little bit of a uh, political staffer uh, career and uh, went into the private sector. But um, 12 months ago, I took the role as uh, Chair of Greyhound, uh, Greyhounds Australasia, which essentially is the peak body that sits above the state racing agencies significant components of the racing industry is the welfare of the animals uh, and uh, that's um, how we've uh, how we've come to partner with New South Wales Police and the Australian Federal Police is providing dogs to frontline workers uh, because um, we're marrying up mates uh, and dogs uh, dogs as mates to frontline workers I mean dogs um, dogs provide um, um, loving caring uh, friendships and uh, uh, having been a frontline police officer, I think uh, uh, that that's a very special thing for frontline officers to do. It's something added. It's an added value, and um, really proud to uh, hook up these dogs that need a home at the end of their careers to people who might find um, uh, a bit of benefit by having a new mate. Oh, great, and Rob, thank you very much for having us, Patrick, and the whole FOP. It's absolutely thrilling to be here in Washington, D.C., uh, and to bring some of our dogs here and to uh, to talk to you good folks about what we can do together. Uh, my background is I'm currently the Chief Executive Officer of Greyhound Racing New South Wales, and before that, I, I've been acting for them for a long time. Before that, I was a commercial lawyer for uh, many years, and uh, I have a great interest and love in Greyhound Racing and therefore Greyhound Rehoming and and greyhounds as pets, and we uh, we're very pleased to be able to sort of segue off programs that we have running in Australia. We have uh, a fantastic guy who is really world recognised greyhound trainer sitting in New South Wales as our head of canine training. A tremendous fellow by the name of Steve Austin. Great name too. Uh, <laughs> Six million dollar man, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> But Steve suggested to us some time ago, he runs a brilliant program called Defence Community Dogs Australia, and they are training really stray dogs to be PTSD dogs for returned servicemen. And he suggested to us that our greyhounds were the perfect um, demeanour or, or tempered dog to do that work. And so we've gone down this path with him and we've set up these 
fantastic um, mutual arrangements with both the Australian Federal Police and the New South Wales Police to uh, train dogs specifically for their um, so often enough retired police officers, sometimes medically retired, but specifically trained at sort of at three levels of PTSD training, a sort of PTSD companion at the at the lowest end, and then specifically PTSD trained, and then and then full PTSD um, uh, uh, assistance dogs at the top end, and it's been going really well. So we're uh, some people in Australia, as you know, have reached out. Yeah, to great. to you and uh, we're thrilled to be here talking turkey with you with yeah. you folks. Well, you know, I, I, again, we got the phone call from from our, our counterparts in in Australia, uh, you know, from the uh, from Federation, and and talked about the success of the program. So, if we could, let's just talk about the success of the program itself. Uh, working with the unions, how that works, how does it look, and how do. Uh, What's been the successes in Australia and also in New Zealand of having these dogs that have finished their, you know, usually what, probably about the age of five? Mm-hmm. So five-year-old greyhounds that are transitioning into becoming, they're just amazing animals, beautiful animals, and uh, the disposition and how that has aided uh, you know, successes within each one of these countries. So, so they are amazingly um, tempered animals. They, they might, I think they might make the perfect modern pet. They are uh absolutely lively when you want them to be and then they'll be happy to sleep for 22 hours a day. <laughs> People think they're running around all the time and I'll tell you they're not. Um, they'll chase when they want to chase yeah. but uh, apart from that they're a wonderful, they're a, a kind of lean in dog. You know if you're standing next to a greyhound they're always touching you, they're leaning on your leg or something so they're very um, they're very close dogs to people and if you're sitting here, if we were sitting here, the greyhound was sitting here, it would have his chin on your yeah. knee. And so they're very companionable sort of dogs. And we have in New South Wales, we have at any time a, a racing population of about 8,000 greyhounds and about 3,500 retire every year. And we spend a great deal of time rehoming them, retraining them. Just taking that bit of chase out of them because they've spent you know a couple of years racing around tracks and doing what they really love to do, which is run fast. They're sighthounds, you know. They've been bred for eight thousand years. This most noble of dog to yeah. chase and chase fast, yeah. and it doesn't take surprisingly enough. It does not take very much effort to convert them, if you like, from a racing dog to a family pet or a yeah. personal companion. Um, and so we do that. We put them through a program called Greyhounds Pets, and we've got specific kennels uh, that we own and, and trainers who do this. And at the end of a, a couple of months with us, they they find their forever home, as we call it, in somebody's yeah. house, and you usually lose your couch, and they uh, <laughs> take up residence there. That's great. Uh, some of the successes they've had, uh, either one of you, that successes uh, – where you've paired them off with, you know, a, a big, a big move, and, and certain, rightfully so, about uh, you know, is, is uh, uh, therapy pets, uh, anything from equine to to to, to you know, dogs, are a perfect perfect example. And we see them all over. It's it's something that's really a trend that's that's going. And I know we use them in law enforcement a lot. They use them in the military a lot, uh, just as, as as companions. They 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 really do have a an amazing sense. Of knowing uh, the temperament of of, of, of of you know their their partner, mm. uh, and 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 no ways in order to be able to to deescalate uh, you know 
let's talk about some of those successes that either one of you that uh, that if you've seen in some of in some of the placements that you've had in in uh, I think when we launched the program in Sydney, it was very telling. We had uh, a police officer from uh, regional New South Wales and she, um, she owned Greyhound and she brought it down for the launch and she spoke about uh, the dog really giving her uh, comfort in a time of need. Uh, she um, had the dog while she was uh, still in active service and had come home after a night shift, uh, lived by herself, but the dog was was there and provided great companionship uh, and had and she then had um, had uh, some uh, work related uh, trauma and the dog provided that assistance to her so she she was um, uh, really um, beneficial for the story and uh, it was a great story and it was about real uh, assistance that this animal provided her uh, so we've had um, a good degree of success with applicants from uh, both New South Wales and the Australian Federal Police, uh, and there is there are fair to say there's a different um, category of need for various officers. Uh, some are very happy to have the garden variety pet, and some need that uh, or want that um, grade a dog trained to a greater level of assistance. And we're going through that, as Rob said, with um, with Steve Austin. So. Um, uh, and to us, it's not really about the volume of dogs, but that service being there um, yeah. for our frontline workers, um, our police officers and retired officers that want one. You know, obviously, we talk about service dogs. I mean, two categories here. One, uh, the pets. Uh, the second one is those service dogs. Those service dogs really need to be trained along with the, you know, with, with, their, with the person that they're assigned to. It's kind of hard to do that, uh, you know, from Australia, if you look at, uh, at you know here in the states, um, how do you envision that uh, that happening? Yeah. Actually, I think we will be able to do it okay. because um, we are rapidly developing very good relations with um, with various greyhound associations here and various excellent trainers. Steve Austin has really a worldwide network of right. of great trainers, and we can get a dog. 90% the way there as a PTSD dog. And right. then as you talk about, Patrick, the the real sharp end work is done one-on-one -on -one with alignment, the person yeah. to, to find the particular traits or the tells of that person. And watching Steve work with these dogs is astounding. I mean, you know, people have all sorts of different traits or tells of their, of their nervousness or their PSD, PTSD symptoms. Yeah. And whether that's tapping their leg or whether it's sweating or um, whether it's talking loud, he will train dogs to do different things, whether it's stand in front of you or stand behind you or lean against your leg or lick your face to wake you up from a nightmare. He does all of these astoundingly good things and so the dog is syncopatic with its yeah. owner, which is deeply impressive and I think that we will be able, notwithstanding that we're 14,000 miles away, I think yeah. we will be able to develop or Steve will be able to develop the right trainers here to do this. He is extremely keen on this program and I think it's because you know, there's a very long history of great mateship between Australia and the United States. Absolutely. Our police in New South Wales and federally, our Australian Federal Police of course um, started this relationship 
or introduced us to you. And that is part of a great cross-Pacific partnership that has, you know, a century or more of, of tradition to it. So we're really looking forward to, to doing this. There's a great, I suppose, fraternity um, between um, both Australians more generally and police officers specifically around the world. And if it works for New South Wales and Australian Federal Police, I'm sure it will um, work out here. And we're very much looking forward to getting into it. Uh, no doubt, and we, we and you're right. We we do have a great working relationship, uh, our counterparts in, in Australia too. Uh, I talk to them uh, for sure every quarter, but uh, often uh, a lot more than that. We share a lot of a lot of our common uh, needs. Uh, one thing I can tell you that I've learned uh, being in this position and being part of an international group, uh, we all deal with the same problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we just uh, maybe a little different ways of solutions on how to fix them because of a locality or where we are, but uh, but we all dealing with the same problems in modern policing and uh, in, in representation of law enforcement officers. So uh, you know, when, it, when of course, when we, we got the phone call and said, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And looking at the success of the program, yeah, it was kind of a, you know, our board didn't hesitate at all so which brings us to to where we are now and the reason why you why you two are in town and, and, and others from you know uh, from, from your group uh, is here to formulate formalize a uh, relationship with fraternal order police in order to duplicate the successful programs that exist in New Zealand and Australia in, in pairing animals off with with uh, you know uh, those that are in need both with service dogs and also for pets, pets as well let's uh, uh, Let's talk a little bit about that relationship and, and how it will, you know, how it will work uh, across, you know, a vast ocean like that, but still at the same time, uh, same exact issues that we're all dealing with. So, okay, oh, yeah. go for it. So, uh, uh, the way it'll work um, is we select very specifically the. It genuinely is the cream of the crop for this program. Uh, we've got about three thousand dogs retiring and being rehomed in New South Wales every year and Steve Austin comes and selects, he's familiar with them all going through the program and he he really skims the cream of the crop for this, for these programs and then specifically trains them and only about 20% of those dogs will go on to be the highest level of service dog but all of them will be great somewhere in the in the in the line from a pet to a service dog, um, all of them find their niche and all of them find the right owner. We spend a great deal of time and effort pairing a dog with a person. When I say a great deal of time and effort, we get to know people and we already know our dogs and we literally match make them. And so it's not just selecting the next dog that comes along, we are selecting dogs to suit a a particular person or a particular family, how they live, what their lifestyle is, what their demeanour is, even whether it's hot and cold, you know, if they live in Arizona or if they live in Minnesota. Um, And so it's very tailored and we know the dogs before they will leave Australia and who they will be going to. Uh, And then it's a matter of getting onto the right greyhound people here and America has a great richness in people who absolutely love various breeds of dogs oh, and without in a doubt. them there without are greyhound people and of course we had a number of greyhound people turn up at Capitol Hill yeah. today with some wonderful greyhounds and uh, so they are our partners really in in yeah. in delivering the program into the United States 
they spend the time getting to know people. They provide what you might call the aftercare work or the or the servicing after the fact. Uh, and so it's quite an advanced program. We're very good at it in New South Wales at home. We will become excellent at it in the United States. And I know we've got good partners. You know, people are truly enthusiastic and care a lot about the outcome. And so that will make it a success naturally. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned aftercare, Rob. But, uh, one, of the, um, uh, one of the questions raised uh, back in Australia was... Uh, um, you know, if I'm going to take on a pet, I want one to be um, healthy, uh, fit. I don't want to be spending lots of money on vet bills. Uh, and different breeds um, can have different prop problems. But um, these dogs are a little bit unique because they're uh, retired athletes. Yeah. And they've been um, – they're built uh, to be fast and strong and uh, they have um, very little ailments. And durable. They have durable. not yeah. been bred for looks – these dogs have been bred for thousands of years. Although they're cute. To be healthy. They do look <laughs> good. They do look good. But they've been bred to be healthy and durable and fast. That's correct. Yeah. And so you're not getting a dog. You know, we hear about so many modern breeds of dogs that they have hip problems or they've got arthritis problems or they've got some other problem. Um, greyhounds are like a number of other working dog breeds. They have been bred for durability. They Weakness gets weeded out effectively by by breeding over many centuries and so they're very durable and healthy dog and again you're getting the cream of the crop so they have full dental they've got everything they've had the vet once overs or the vet 10 times overs to um before they're even on the program so they're it's a good product and they're great dogs they're beautiful and they become instantly part of somebody's home and family you know they're very lovable and um and affable dogs they get into your head greyhounds they're yeah. wonderful dogs so we just spent uh spent a little time with with three th three dogs and and uh three greyhounds and i'll tell you coming in uh, you know i've been to races i've uh, i've seen the speed i've seen the uh, you know i guess the agility and and i guess also the energy levels that uh, that you you i guess synonymous with greyhounds and i, I sort of expected to see that when i when i saw three greyhounds what i found was three very very docile animals that uh, that that uh, it was it was you know very lovable and love the attention, uh, the complete opposite. So I, I think uh, it reaffirms what you were saying before that uh, they may have been bred to, bred to be to be racers, but they're also they're also very loyal uh, animals, just as, uh, as as every other breed. Uh, one one thing you did bring up, and I, I want to talk about because I want to. I, I think if someone is saying, you know what, this really sounds great, I, I want to know more about it, but I have a concern about the cost of an animal, what it takes to, to, to maintain, you know, here's one you're right. It was an athlete. So, you know, potentially, you know, I, I, I know if I were in that situation, I'd be saying, okay, what's the long-term longevity? Uh, so if you could kind of compare it to the programs that you have both in Australia and, and, and New Zealand of the aftercare, uh, have you experienced any, you know, to, uh, I guess maybe health concerns for the animals kind of long-term after their career in, in, in racing? Generally not. They are a very durable dog. Um, they generally retire average uh, somewhere north of three and a half years, three and a half or four years old. And so typically that is the adopt a, a sort of average adoption age is that sort of four years. They're extremely well trained. Um, yeah. They have not 
they, these dogs have been trained since the day they were born. They're handled very early, early neurological training as tiny little puppies, and then they're trained right through their life. And then when they're retired, they come to our training and they get excellent training. And so by the time they get onto a Greyhounds' Pets program, they are extremely well trained and generally quite well behaved. They're just like human beings, of course. Though, yeah. um, they'll be yeah. they'll, they'll be the ones that are a bit more uh, rambunctious than the others, <laughs> and they'll be docile ones, and they'll be yeah. everything in between. But so you can't guarantee they're not going to chase a squirrel. No. No, we don't have squirrels in Australia, and I'm not sure. Well, we, we have them here and rabbits, but I'm, I was curious about that. Well, not, I'm sure none of our Australian greyhounds have ever seen a squirrel, so uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do some training on that one. But uh, that, but we very specifically uh, train them, train the chase out of them. Effectively, we don't want them chasing a cat down the street, uh, and uh, and nor does anyone else. But so we do that. It's to take the really the chase out of them and to just develop them there. They have been go- they're going from a racing kennel as an athlete into a home and it's just that transition period and the training in between that makes them right. As far as cost of keeping a greyhound, I'll express it in US dollars. It costs about 600 US dollars a year to feed a typical dog in that 55, 60 pound range. And of course you can spend much more than that if you want, depending <laughs> on whether you want to feed it prime rib or not. But um, yeah. You know, it, it does not cost a huge amount of money to keep a greyhound, um, especially for the value they add to your life. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, their value is much greater than the $600 a year you might spend on on pet food. But um, And as far as vet bills and things, they are like any other pet. If you, um, if you uh, have difficulty at some stage with them, if you trip over them running or do something, yeah. then you'll be off to the vet. But that's like any other pet, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to, 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 to explore more about this program, I mean, at, at least in the partnership that we have, we're still developing a lot of, of the logistics of how all of this happens. But uh, there's a lot of information out there already. All you have to do is look at the Australia and New Zealand uh, Association or your website. It's going to give you a real good uh, outline. If somebody wants to know more about the possibility uh, of how this fits in and how it might be fit into their lifestyle, uh, where can they go to get that information? So the Greyhounds Australasia website is G A. I'll say that carefully. We say A A. It's G A L T D. dot org. dot au. And if they go on there, if any of your police officers go on there, they will see a tab for police, and they can follow that up. Or if they want to look more generally at Pets, we have another website called gapnsw.com.au and um, and we, again, we have a police tab on there and that talks about the various levels of of, um, of service dog that, um, that are available. Um, they're not available like pluck them off the shelf. They are available on application and then we will make them for you. Okay. Um, so this is not commodity sitting on a shelf. This is a very tailored program to suit the needs of our wonderful greyhounds and your wonderful people. And it literally is like that. It is a one-on-one pairing. Uh, so if they have a look at either one of those websites, G-A-L-T-D or G-A-P-N-S-W.com.au, uh, they will find some stuff. And I'm sure in due course, Patrick, uh, your organisation will set up right. its own tab. 
All right, absolutely. We'll, we'll be kind of sorting all these things out mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, but it's it's a great program. Uh, if you're if you're interested in an animal, uh, a dog, a greyhound that uh, that has been well cared for, probably more than a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, and and as a uh, probably three four year range, uh, that could be a great service dog or a great pet. Uh, here's an opportunity to to. To find what I, th- I was amazed to, to just see how docile they were and how, how loving they were. And you get your animals. very own Aussie mate. Us, there you go. House. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they even come with an Australian passport. That's, that's it. They we've genuinely made, do. They, we've <laughs> made them an Australian <laughs> really? passport. Yeah. Guys, is there anything we missed? Anything else you'd like to share before we wrap this up? We're thrilled to be in Washington and thrilled to um, to have be working with the FOP. Thank you very much. Indeed. And we're very much looking forward to. Uh, to yeah. working further with you and your members across across the United States. Great. Well, we're looking forward to thank thank both of you, uh, as well as the other guys you got coming in. We'll we'll we might do another podcast with a couple of those as well. But uh, look, here's a program that has worked great. It's worked great in two two countries, and there's no reason why it can't be dupl- duplicated here. Uh, we look forward to this great partnership. And uh, I see some some great things coming with it. So so pay attention. We got some great uh, information coming down the line. Uh, I want to thank our viewers and listeners who have tuned in to the Blue View podcast. Well, we talk about the issues that are so vitally important to men and women who suit up and show up every day in America and make our community safe. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. To get the latest from the National FOP, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GLFOP and on Instagram at FOP National. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.